This is so funny because I can't tell you how many times I listened to this, practiced this, played over this, just to make sure it sounded right. But I will give you the gist of it, and I promise you we will show you the video eventually. Our Children in Action, um, Kids in Action group on Wednesday night is running a food drive. In that food drive, they are collecting many things, including canned corn, canned green beans, cram, um, canned potatoes, and please, can you say it for me? She's not going to say it. That's why I recorded it, because I know they went, Chef Boyardee. That is exactly right. But they are collecting all these items for many of our local food banks in the community, actually two of our local food banks. One of them, the Jones Creek Food Bank, one of our sister churches over on New Un at New Union Church, but also for the Family Connection Food Bank. Along with these canned items, they are also taking up money because one of the things that our food bank needs a lot of is frozen foods. Um, believe it or not, both of these food banks are able to take frozen foods, but we don't want you to bring frozen food and put it in the basket out here because we won't check it. And by the time we find it, we'll be smelling it. And that's exactly not what we want. So what we are doing for that is we are taking up money and you can give that money to Misty Boggs where you all the way back in the back. She hid from me, but you can give that money to Misty Boggs and she will make sure that it goes where it is needed. I gotta tell you something, the time that we get to spend with our kids on Wednesday night is absolutely a blast. Um, it's one of the highlights of my week. I enjoy listening to them, hearing them, and I'll enjoy the most hearing all the stories of everything that goes on in your house. <laughs> everything. And that's why I don't want nobody else to do it because I don't want nobody to hear what's going on in my house for my kids. No, that's not the truth. We encourage all the help that we can get. But the fact that this is the first sermon in February and January is already gone is just another reminder of how fast time goes by. Time is moving extremely fast. And I know I know for all of you in school, all of you in high school, and all of you in middle school, you're thinking, will this year ever be over? But I promise you this, once you get out, it flies by. It flies by so fast, and you start to realize how precious the time you have is. When we talk about stewardship, we often talk about money, but the one thing that we don't talk enough about is a stewardship of our time. Each one of us is allotted an amount of time. None of us know how much that time is, but we all have an allotted amount of time. And all of us want to do the most with the time that we have. And sometime down the road, we realize that while we can never get back the time that is already gone, we do realize that the time that we have, if we use it wisely, and purposely can be redeemed. This is what's called a legacy. A legacy is a long-lasting impact of life. All of us want to have an impact, but some of us have different ways of doing it. For some people, they like to build legacies in buildings. And that's a great thing, it really is. It is a great thing to put a lot of time and effort into building an infrastructure that is gonna purpose all of mankind. But at the same time, when we build legacies in buildings, we got to realize that 
that legacy will only last as long as that building is standing. For some of us and some other people, we like to build legacies in modern and scientific advancements. And again, while these modern and scientific advancements are needed, especially in the medical field, these legacies will only hold until the next new advancement comes or is discovered. For some, we like to build legacies in people. I love building legacies in people. This is the one thing that I thrive on. And while this is one of the most valuable ways to build a legacy, those legacies only last as long as your memory is remembered. I know these are all sobering facts that all of us are pushing forward to build a legacy. But over the last couple of weeks, it has really made me ponder this question. Is there a better way to build a legacy? And to expound on that a little bit more, is there already a legacy that's been built that we can tap into? As I speak, as you listen, we are living out a legacy that began long before our parents, their parents, and their parents' parents. The legacy that we are living and practicing right now started long before the modern era, the early modern era, the Middle Ages, <coughs> and even ancient times. And while we may look to people like Paul, John, David, and even Abraham, we got to realize that this legacy actually started way before them. The legacy that we are living today doesn't have a beginning because the legacy that we are living and practicing today was the beginning. All of us desire to be made known. Abraham probably had no desire to be known for all of eternity. But at the same time, because of what we are reading today in the book of Hebrews, we find out that Abraham has been called by many as the father of faith because he embraced this legacy of faith that was not something that he built, but that was something that was already existed and he just tapped into it. He carried it for many years. His sons carried it for many years after that. His great-great-grandsons carried it even further than that. And even today, we are carrying on this legacy from our Lord, our God, our Father, our Savior, the Holy Spirit that come about when Genesis started in the beginning. But let's look just for a few minutes. Let's look at what makes Abraham such a prominent figure when it comes to this legacy faith. Hebrews chapter 11, starting in verse eight says this, by faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. 
By faith, he lived as an alien in a land of promise, as in a foreign land, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, fellow heirs of the same promise. For he was looking for the city which, was, <clears throat> which has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. By faith, even Sarah herself received ability to conceive, even beyond the proper time of life, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, there was born even of one man, and him as good as dead, at that as many descendants, as the stars of the heavens in number, and innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. All these died in faith without receiving the promise, but having seen them <clears throat> and having welcomed them from a distance and having confessed that they were strangers and exiles on this earth. For those who say such things make it clear that they are seeking a country of their own. And indeed, if they had been thinking of that country from which they went out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to, call, <clears throat> to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promise was, <clears throat> sorry, offering up his only begotten son. It was he to whom it has, was said, in Isaac, your descendants will be many. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, I just want to thank you. I want to thank you for the opportunity that we have to share your word today. I want to thank you for the opportunity that we have even to open your word today. Father, just like we're going to talk about it, it should come as no surprise that with, the fail, with, the, with technology, it fails. With the things that we desire in life, a lot of them fail. But there is one thing, Lord, that we can count on that will never fail. And that is the testimony that we have in you. Father, today, I just ask that you would give us ears to hear. I ask that you would give us eyes to see. But I also ask that you would give us a heart to understand what it is that your word has for us today. Father, all of us want to make something of our life. But the further we get down this road of life, the more we realize the best way that we can make more of us is to make more of you. Help us, Lord, to grasp some of the things that you are saying through your word this morning. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. This is why you don't teach from an iPad. We are having all kinds of technology problems and it should not come as a surprise. 
because today's first point is this legacy that we're going to live, it's going to take us places we don't want to go and we shouldn't be surprised by it. How about that? But as we dig into this, guys, um, I want you to realize something. It starts off talking about the story of Abraham and how Abraham was just like many of us. He had a life just like we have a life. I'm sure that he had a desire for where he wanted his life to go and where his life was going. And I'm sure that he had ambitions. I'm sure that he had dreams. I'm sure that he had desires. But I am also confident by what we read through the text today that God had a greater desire for them. Abraham was living life, enjoying life, and loving life when all of a sudden, the opportunity come a-knocking. If there ever was a motto for faith, it should be this. Expect the unexpected. Everyone that we have read about and will read about on this faith journey had unexpected situations come about in their life. This week, trusting technology the way I trust technology, I had a big unexpected one come about in my life as well. Y'all know we get these, we send y'all these emails telling y'all about what's coming up and about what's going on. And what's funny is over the last couple of weeks, I've been getting a lot of calls. Hey, Scotty, uh, I can't get these pictures to download that you sent me. I didn't send no pictures. Last week, I get a call from one of our members. Hey, Scotty, are you really trying to sell this weight loss program? <laughs> Do I look like I'm trying to sell a weight loss program? Another one, come, another one come this week, and I loved this one. Are you really selling Girl Scout cookies? No, I'm not selling Girl Scout cookies. Long story short, we have had a little breach in our MailChimp, and we are working to fix it. So let me tell you something. If you get an email from me that says, I've got pictures for you, click the download. I ain't got no pictures for you. I ain't got none at all. I ain't selling nothing. I ain't going to try to sell nothing. But this is typical with life today. There is always these unexpected things that come about. And even in those days with Abraham, there was unexpected things that come about. But when God brings something to us, it kind of jolts us a little bit. Because these little unexpected things, they're no big deal. They're no big deal at all. But when God hits us with something, we know for a fact it's going to be life-changing. God told Abraham this, leave your country, leave your family, leave your father's house, and go to a place that I will show you. When I was reading this the other day, I couldn't help but think about Jacob and Marissa. I've got to think about them a lot lately. I've got to spend some time with them, and I'm thankful for that opportunity before they head to Papua New Guinea. But I think about that whole process of them weighing out what they're about to do, about how they're about to leave their family, 
how they're about to leave all the comforts. They're about to leave Wi-Fi. Kind of envious on them on that one. I'm not going to lie to you. They're about to leave modern technology. Sounding better every day. But they're also about to leave all the comforts that they know of as home. And you know, there's no denying that God has a very strong pull on their life. And after talking with Jake and Marissa, it was a process to where they really had to think about what they were doing. But one of the things that I've read about or discovered through this scripture is that there is no mention of Abraham ever second-guessing. Now, I'm not going to say that he didn't. I'm not going to say that he did not second-guess anything that God told him. Because I'm sure, just like us, he had those, those thoughts come about. I mean, Brian, if God said to you today to go to North Korea, would you second-guess it? Absolutely. Tommy, if God said to you today, go to China, find out who sent that balloon, would you second guess it? Absolutely. What about you, Hope? What if God told you to go to, let's see, Tanzania? You don't even know where it's at. But would you second guess it? Absolutely. We would all second guess it. And I am not discredited in the fact that there probably wasn't little in, there probably wasn't this little thing going on in Abraham's mind that, you know, is this really what I need to do? But you cannot escape this. He went. And what's even more amazing than that, he went without even knowing a location. God said, go to a land that I will show you. He packs up his family. He packs up all his possessions. And he heads out in a direction with no idea where he's going. I can't imagine that. But this is one of the attributes that is the reason that Abraham is called the father of the faith. But you know something that's come about with me on this? When God tells you something... You don't have to think about it. And I know some of you are like, how goes that? If God tells me something, I don't have to think about it. How goes that? Well, this is how it goes. Is God all-knowing, all-powerful, and in control? Absolutely. So does he know what's going to happen to you before, now, and after? Absolutely. So when God tells you or instructs you to do something, does he know what the outcome's going to be? Absolutely. But see, even in today's time, I hear this a lot. I think God wants me to do this. Well, how do you know? Well, I was reading the scripture the other day and my heart just started pounding. I mean, absolutely pounding. Why did it start pounding? Because I feel like my life's called to missions or I feel like I'm called to work with 
students or I feel like I'm called to work with children or I feel like I need to do this in the church. And my heart just started pounding. Why do we question that? If God is compelling your heart to do something and he instructs you to do it, should we really second guess it? No. No. And if we do, that is not faith. That is not faith at all. Trust not on your own understanding, but always trust in the one who constantly understands. Which brings me to the first question. Do you trust that God knows the unknown for your life? Because if you fully trust that, you are living in this legacy faith. Not only is legacy faith going to take us somewhere that we had no desire of going or sometimes we never thought we'd go, legacy faith will also be confronted all of the time here on earth. And the reason I say that is because the legacy faith that we're living out is being lived out in a foreign land. On Abraham's journey, he faced a lot of opposition. Genesis 13 says that, the, uh, that he faced opposition from his family. Genesis 14 tells us that he faced opposition with wars of nations. In Genesis 19, we see that he faces war with culture. In Genesis 20, we see that he starts facing a war with himself. And I got to ask this question, just reading this. Why is it that we are so surprised when the faith that we have, the values that we have, the things that we consider sacred, the practices that we consider sacred, why are we so surprised when they are attacked? You ever thought about that? I mean, we look at it and we say, I can't believe people would do this. I can't believe people would stand up against a holy and righteous God. But legacy faith is something that will always be contended. And you want to know why it will always be contended on this earth? Because it doesn't belong here. It doesn't belong here. Abraham was even said that he is seeking a city that is built on a foundation whose architect and builder is God. And the land that he was seeking was not here. We should never be surprised when the days that we hold sacred aren't considered sacred. Over the last couple of years, my heart is troubled. I'm not going to lie to you. It's troubled that now regular attenders are considered people who come at least one to two times a month. That troubles me. That troubles me, especially when in the South, Saturdays, especially in the fall, become more sacred than the day that we gather to worship. It should, not, it should not surprise us when the values that we hold sacred are not considered sacred anymore. It should also not surprise us when the practices that we hold sacred are not considered sacred anymore. And it should not surprise us when even our own nation 
does not consider our practices and our faith sacred anymore. Because guys, I don't know how to break this to you, but America is not the promised land. Even the promised land that Abraham was seeking was foreshadowing of a promised land to come. It was not a land that is here. Which tells me that a true legacy that is built on this earth will perish with this earth. But there is a really good side to this whole legacy faith thing. Because the next thing we see in the scripture is a legacy faith will always, will always impact those around you. Do you think Sarah, or if you want to get technical about it, do you think Sarah was impacted by the faith of Abraham? I'm sure she's impacted. Her husband just looked at her and said, back up your stuff, we're going. You know what Sarai's first question was? Where? Abraham looked at her and said, I don't know. Peggy, what would you say to Tommy? <laughs> Honestly. But was her faith, her legacy faith impacted by Abraham? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because when she's first told at the age of 90 that she is about to have, 98, that she is about to have a baby, what does she do? She laughs. Did she fully trust God in that moment? No. No. But her faith grew. What about Isaac? Do you think Isaac's faith was impacted by Abraham? For those who don't know, Isaac is Abraham's son. And Isaac is also the young man who was going with his daddy on a hiking trip one day. And his daddy all of a sudden says, help me build an altar. Okay, daddy, we'll build an altar. All right, Isaac, get up on that altar. Okay, daddy, I'll get up on that altar. Abraham pulls out a big knife and says, all right, Isaac, stay still. <laughs> Don't you know that flipped him out? Because it would flip me out. But at the same time, was Isaac's faith impacted by Abraham's? What about Jacob's faith? Was it impacted by Abraham's? Absolutely. What about Joseph's faith? Was it impacted by Abraham? Absolutely. Do you think the 12 disciples' uh, faith was impacted by Abraham? Considering they mentioned him a lot? Yes. Now let me throw this one at you. Has your faith been impacted by Abraham? Absolutely. But the reason it is so impactful is not because of the gentleman that it come from, but from the God that started it all. Only God could keep something going as long as this thing of faith has been going. This isn't something that we could create because if it was something that we could create, it would have already been over. And you know, even as a man, as a dad, as a husband, there's a lot of times I think of my faith as something that needs to be like a baton. 
You know what I mean? Anybody ever do relay racing? I ain't. I'll come by in a car and pick up the baton, but I ain't gonna run it out. But I mean, have you ever felt like that? Have you ever felt like your faith is a baton that you've got to pass? We think that it is an automatic that just because our faith is strong in God, we are faithful to God, that it will transfer straight to our kids. And that's when we set ourselves up to fail. While faith can impact your children, faith is not something that you can pass on. And for many years, even in the Baptist church, this has been something that we feel like can be passed from generation to generation to generation. Me and Jerry laugh a lot of times because we'll ask somebody about their, their relationship with Jesus Christ and the first thing they'll say is, my uncle was a deacon. Good for him. What do you know about Jesus? My mama taught Sunday school. Good for her. That's awesome. What do you know about Jesus? My daddy picked the hymn numbers. Oh, awesome, great. What do you know about Jesus? Because you see, our faith is not something that I can just automatically give to my kids. Does it mean that I can't have an impact on them? Yes, I can have an impact on them, on their direction and how they go. But when we expect an automatic transfer of our faith to our kids, we are setting ourselves up for an automatic disaster because mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, listen to me. You can't save your kids. Only Jesus can do that. Only Jesus who shed his blood for our sins can forgive sins. So lighten up on yourself a little bit because I know some of you have kids who haven't taken that baton. But realize this, you still have an opportunity and an impact on them. Faith is not a baton to pass. Faith is a lot that shows the way. We're not trying to pass our faith to our kids, our grandkids, or even the kids of our community. But we are doing everything in our power to shine a light to the one who does bring salvation, to the one who does bring provision, and to the one who will be there for them to the end. But it's caused me to ask a couple of questions of myself. And one of the questions that I asked myself this week is, is, is my faith shining a lot that's worth following? Is my faith really shining a lot that is worth following? Or is it shining a lot that is leading my children to things that won't last? Then I had to ask myself this, is my faith shining a light at all? And then I asked myself this, is our faith visible 
Is my faith visible for my kids to see? Does my faith show that I have that sense of no holding back just like Abraham was with Isaac? And I'm going to be honest with you, the more I question myself on these, I started to feel really stinking lousy. You've done it too. I'm not alone in this, I know. I know all of you question decisions in your past. I know all of you question things that you did way back long time ago and you think they still have a negative impact on your life. I understand that because I live that daily. But there's something else I live daily too. And I want you all to do this with me. Find your pulse. Everybody, find your pulse. Did this with the staff the other day. Two out of three staff couldn't find their pulse. Rusty, are you ready just in case? If you can't find your pulse, go find Rusty right now. Do you feel it? You feel your pulse? Do you feel that? Do you know what that is? That pulse says you're alive. It really does. That pulse tells you that you are alive. But that pulse also says that you still have opportunities. You still have a chance. And the reason you still have a chance is because that pulse is a gift. That pulse that you feel right now is a gift to you straight from God himself. But just like any other gift, you need to realize this. While that pulse may be for you, just like any other gift, that gift should be given away. That pulse also says that you still have a purpose. And I know, Some of you may think to yourself, I don't know at my age, I don't have a purpose. But if you read Genesis chapter 12, you'll realize that Abraham was told to leave everything at the age of 75. And I know some of you are going to argue, well, he lived to be 175. Yeah, but he didn't have kids till he was 100. And his life went down very fast after that. (laughs) But you still have a purpose. Regardless of what's happened in your life, you still have a purpose. And that purpose is God. He's the one who created you. He's the one who made you. He's the one who got his hands all over you and created you. And you know the only way that a true believer can fail at this Legacy life or legacy of faith is if they're not obedient. That's the only way you can fail. If you are not obedient or if you just don't try.
this morning as they come. I want you to ask yourself this. Actually, I want you to ask God this. God, how do you want me to carry out your legacy? Because our goal is not to build a legacy. Our goal is to live one that he's already built. Pray with me. Father, I am so thankful for what you've showed us in your word. I'm so thankful for the opportunity to be able to expound on your word. But Father, I'm also thankful for the opportunity that you give us to continue in this legacy. And this morning, Lord, as we come to this time of response, I pray that people really would ask that question. God, how do you want me to live out that legacy? But Father, I pray that they come with full understanding that that may take them somewhere that they didn't expect. I pray that they would also come with full understanding that that legacy will stand against opposition. But I also pray, Lord, that you would bring comfort in their heart of knowing that that legacy will make an impact on others from here on out. Father, your son even said that he prayed for us. Those who would come to faith in him because of what they had heard from the ones before them. And Father, today we pray for the ones who will come to faith because of what they've heard from us. And Father, as your legacy continues to build, I pray that you would just help us to be obedient to what you've called us to do. Father, help us to be real with ourselves. Help us to open up our hearts, open up our lives. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey guys, Pastor Scotty Gerard here, and I just wanted to say thank you for joining us today. We really hope that this has been a resource that's helped you grow in your purpose for God, but also grow in His glory. We also want to extend an invitation to you to join us here in person at Harmony Grove. We are located at 1008 Town Creek School Road in Blairsville, Georgia. We would love for you to come be a part of our service, to be a part of our small groups. If you have children, we have children's classes on Wednesday night and on Sunday morning. And all this information can be found on our website. We'd also like to continue help you in your growth with Christ. If you have a question, maybe a prayer request, or just need to talk to somebody, you can contact us in the emails below in the description, or you can also contact us through our app and through our website, which are also found in the description below. Again, we hope this has been a blessing to you because we know that you joining us today has been a great blessing to us. Thank you so much. God bless.